What's going on, spooky fans? This is your chillin' ghoulish host, Ruben. And maybe we prefer you. Hi, I'm Quinn. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Spooky Husband Mystery Hour. Uh, this week was actually your pick on a movie. Yeah. And this one is actually one that I really do enjoy. It's uh, I've seen this movie a couple of times. Have you ever seen this movie? I think I've seen bits and pieces because I remember parts of it, but I don't remember the full thing. Um... What year did this come out? Because I forgot to write it down. 87. So this week we watched the 1987's Hellraiser. Hellraiser. That is right. The very first one, Clive Baker's uh, original movie, Hellraiser. Yeah. From the yeah. series, it's what, five at this point? Uh, five or six, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I want to say five or six. And I didn't know this watching this movie. Uh-huh. Um, we aren't introduced to Pinhead, which we don't get a name for him, in this movie until... Like, halfway through, almost? Yeah. Okay, so it's really actually interesting about that, too. Um, a couple little snippets. Um, actually, before we get started into the movie, I just want to wish everybody a happy um, 4th of July. It is 4th of July today uh, here in the States, uh, too. So, But if you're listening overseas or anything like that, still, awesome, happy day for y'all. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? Um, but, yes, yeah, so back to the movie. Uh, so, yeah, we watched the original Hell- Hellraiser. Um, funny thing is, is... In the movie, and if you look at the credits, he's not even named as Pinhead. That is a fan-given name. Really? Yeah. Clive Baker didn't want him named. He actually, or it says that he hates that name. Really? Yeah. Same with the person that plays him. He was like, I never wanted to be called Pinhead. I don't understand where that name came from. And it was just people that gave him that, that fan name. Oh, well, it makes sense. And it's it stuck now. I mean, like, in the movies now, everybody just calls him Pinhead. Yeah. And that's what he started to get credited as in the in the older movies. But, yeah, in this first movie, he was not credited at all. And that's why it wasn't supposed to be a... It was a story about them, but it wasn't a story, you know? Yeah, it was a story more about... We'll get to who it was really about. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're about to start on it right now. <laughs> but, yeah, some other, like, really interesting snippets of some of about the movie before we actually get into the movie itself... Um, this movie was actually based on a Clive Baker novel that really? he wrote. Yeah, called the Hellbound ha- uh, the Hellbound Heart. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, some other people were actually giving it uh, other names and stuff like that when they were reading it. And one of the other names I thought was really funny about it because once you think about it, it really is true. What a what a woman will do for a good fuck. I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I have a lot to say about that in this movie. Right? But um, so this was Clive Baker's actually first film, first feature film, and he actually had no idea what he was doing at all on it. He was like, really? let's just go ahead and do this. Let, let's do this. Um, other than a couple of little short stuff that he'd written with the novel, like he was trying to base it off of the novel, he had real no, he really didn't have any filmmaking experience. And so he really didn't know where to start with the film, how to go about it, how to connect it, or anything like that. So it was really, I find it interesting with this movie, just because it, you don't see that. No, you can't tell. I would not have yeah. suspected this is a directorial debut, debut for a movie. Because this, yeah. this movie was really good. Yeah, I thought this one was a great one. And this was actually one of his very first movies that turned out really well. Because he's done other ones that haven't really been super hot when he first started. Oh, I was thinking Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> but I don't know. I, liked, I, don't, I is thought that, that one. Or Wes Craven? I don't, I think, no, I think that was Wes. I don't know. We'll have to look that one. I don't think it was Wes Craven for Ghost of Mars. I don't even think it was Clive Baker. It had to have been one know. of them. It may, maybe one of them. But, um, 
But yeah, so we'll get now. Uh, I do have some other like little facts you didn't know about about the movie, but I'll uh, throw them in whenever we get to certain parts of it. So, do you want to start us off with that? Or, yes. Or do you have any other news or anything you want to cover before we actually get into our uh, our episode today? No, I don't think so. I'm, no? actually, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Cool. Spooky and fans, if you hear like booming behind us or anything like that, again, it is 4th of July, so we do have a lot of like fireworks and stuff like that going on too. So. Yeah, our neighbors aren't following the law. I don't care. I love <laughs> seeing the lights up outside. It brings me joy. So, um, so yeah, let's get into movie, it. Okay, it, it starts off with these people that have incredibly dirty hands, making some kind of deal with what we now all know as the puzzle box from Hellraiser. Yep, and I, their hands were so gross. I had to note it down. They were in Morocco. I mean, it was yeah. I, I mean, not saying that Morocco's dirty or anything like that, but yes, they did emphasize how rough. I guess you would the, say. The life the two the, people were living. Yes. And the this meeting happens and the person, I'm guessing the seller, says, what's, what's your, your pleasure? pleasure? What's your pleasure? And then we see this Mr. Cotton, whoever this person has made the purchase, is kind of praying or meditating in a dark, creepy room. This scene, perfect. Set the scene for the rest of the movie. Oh, okay, good. Um he, this guy is, is meditating or whatever, and then these hooks shoot out of nowhere and just latch onto his skin. Yep. And the room becomes kind of like a... Uh, I, the only way I can describe it is Ed Gein would have loved it. Okay. No, it's I mean, that's not bad. body parts on posts and hanging from the ceiling, and there's hooks mm-hmm. and stuff. And then the cables, the chains pull. Mm-hmm. And the next scene, we see this. I, how do you describe this person that comes into the room? Torturer, uh, a, a, a demon, a torturer yeah. demon um, walks into the room and picks this person's face up and puts it back together in the middle of the floor, which was so gross. Yeah, that was gnarly. That was really gnarly. Really, really gnarly. So after that, it actually kind of flashes forward, and we're like, okay, that's a really weird but neat opening scene. It goes into more of this couple uh, named... Larry and Julia. Larry and Julia, yeah. They purchased a house back, I guess it was Larry's mom's house, and they're there, and Julia's already like fed up with it he's just like whatever this house looks disgusting i don't even want to be here it's a three-story house a three-level house which like three bedrooms on each level which is awesome the house is huge to me i would love that house i mean yeah it's a fixer-upper but eh, who cares and she immediately lights up a cigarette and is just Uh like smoking in the house i mean it was 80 87 true yeah it was here before you could smoke when you were pregnant come on now yeah you had a martini when you were pregnant Come on now. Um, But anyways, so they're going through the house. They're going through everything like that. And Julia finds a room that uh, some squatters have been in or or what it looks like. There's like a makeshift bed. There's, you know, food on the floor and everything like that. And Larry is like, he starts looking at stuff and sees like this idle thing of these two people having sex. And he's like, oh, no, this is Frank's. Frank's been here. My brother. You know, he never wanted to get rid of this house anyways. Maybe he was like kind of staying here and just hiding out and stuff like that. And Julia, you see a glint of excitement in her face and her eyes. And she's like, oh, Frank's here. Yeah, because she's for some reason randomly British. Yeah, she's, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, she was. Because like nobody else in the movie is, is, has an accent or is British. And then she's just like, pip, pip. 
Yeah. Hello. Just, I mean, just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but this movie was made in London? Was it? I believe so. Okay. Because yeah, the house is... It is London-based. Okay, because the houses didn't look American. I mean, yeah, no, 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 no. The movie itself is based out in London. Because it does... Um, snidbit. One of the Sherlock Holmes stories actually pulls information and everything from this movie. Or there's... There's uh, like the puzzle box references and stuff like that. It is referenced in some of the other Sherlock Holmes uh, stories before, and so it is based off of London. Interesting. Based off in London. Okay. Um, but from there, <clears throat> Larry hears the phone ring and he goes to the other room to kind of go look around while Julie starts looking through Frank's stuff. You know, kind of being like this weird little perv, and she finds these lewd pictures of Frank. Uh-huh. Having sex with these different girls and stuff like that. And you see her kind of start getting like hot and heavy. Like she's like, ooh, ooh, these pictures, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready for this. And you're like, what's going on? What, what, what's up with all this? So she ends up putting one of the pictures that, she, that he had of, of himself in her pocket and is like, walks out of the room, like, okay, nonchalant. And like you're she's like, gonna remember. And I, I like, to, what was this about, you know? I also need to interrupt you here and note that it is clear that Julia. Hates Larry. Yes, no, very, 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 uh, very, very true. Like she does several things that you're just like, uh, okay, can you make it a little bit more obvious that you guys yes. don't want to be together? Clear, like the hatred in her face is clear throughout the entire movie that she can't exactly. stand this man. Exactly. So the the scene pans off now and back to Larry, and he's on the phone and he's talking to his daughter Christy, and it's great. Chris- she's, Kirsty. Kirsty. Okay, I was well. I I heard them say Christy. It's Kirsty, like Kirsty Alley. Yeah, Kirsty. Okay, Kirsty. Yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> like Kirsty, Kirsty. Yeah, I got it. Um, well, he's like, hey, I thought you were going to stay with us at the house, and she's like, no, I found my own place. Like, because apparently she just came back and moved with them to their area. Um, yeah, to to that area or anything like that, which is really weird because now that you said that too, I remember them saying Boston. Right, but I don't know if maybe they moved uh, across seas Manhattan. or something. They Manhattan. were they moved from Manhattan to wherever this place yeah. is. Okay, so we're gonna, spooky fans. If you're watching the movie or you seen the movie, let us know what it is. Tell us in the comments. Tell us you know if, if you caught this because apparently we're stuck on this anyways. Yeah. But she's like, no, I need to find a job. I need to go find this and everything like that. And Larry's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, come by, come by the house so we can see it. You're gonna love this house. It's great. It's big. It's awesome. Everything. So it goes to the next day. Um, and the movers are there, and they're they're trying to help move uh, this giant. Which I'm sorry, I've moved giant uh, mattresses and everything like that before. Why are three men struggling with this mattress? Yeah, come on now, it is not. And pivot, pivot, like they're coming corners, and it I've moved like a queen size a... mattress in a scion by myself. Like exactly, you know, we can come on. we can make easily make this happen. But again, I know that we're trying to emphasize like it. Being overly, overly top, overly dramatic, over the top, just because of the next scene. Yes, because here's where we see that we Julia. See, we get some flashbacks here, and also Julia is a hooker mouth because she starts flirting with the damn movers in front of her husband. <laughs> you thought that was flirting? I don't know. I, I didn't really. She was giving him the eyes. I mean, okay, yes, the eye. Yeah, okay, I would say she yeah, was giving sure. him the, the the little side look. The, the Mae West. Why don't you come upstairs and oh. see me sometime? Oh yeah, yeah, the sugar. Yeah, why don't you no. come up and stick me sometime? Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you want to see what else we do on this mattress? You can't see so, me, but I'm shimmying. <laughs> so Julia goes to the room, 
And she starts having like these flashbacks of meeting Frank Cotton for the first time, Larry's brother. And it starts going more and more. And they start seeing, or you start seeing that she's like seduced by Frank. On her wedding day. Yeah. And they start like going at it. And she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'll leave your brother for you. Like, I don't care. I'll do anything for you. Your brother means nothing to me now. Like, quick drop dead. Like, damn, girl. I hope the dick was that good. I mean, honestly, his dick has to be out of this world. And again, that's where we get to that other reference of, uh, what a woman would do for a good fuck. I mean, you <laughs> will see. Yeah. We'll see what she does. So she's like kind of reliving this moment while she looks like she's pleasuring herself with the picture. I don't know. Like, like she's definitely grabbing her shirt, like clenching her pearls. Yeah, she's if, clutching her yeah. pearls for sure. Yeah. And, you know. I don't know what kinda, else she was clutching. Kind of remember uh, being in that remembrance state of it. And while that's happening, they're moving the couch and Larry cuts his hand on a a nail that's stuck out. Yeah. And Spooky fans, from some of the other episodes that you've heard from us and everything like that too, you know how much of a big fan I am of like the the special effects and everything like that. Some of the, okay, there's a lot of like skin pulling and everything in this movie which to me is still super cool and super awesome, but sometimes I was just like, "Oh my god." Oh. It yeah, this movie, the way that they did it, all of the effects were very intense. There's, yeah. there's no other way to put it. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a scene coming up that I my face got stuck in disgust <laughs> I mode saw it for oh a my solid God, it was 20 so minutes. Fantastic. So Larry cuts his hand open from from the nail that's sticking out and he calls out for Julia and Julia's like, "What? What do you want now? Like I'm tired of hearing you talk." I a, a good way to explain their relationship is if you have ever watched uh, Rick and Morty. It's Beth and Jerry. Beth and Jerry. Beth and Jerry. Larry is totally a Jerry. Yes. Har- yes. Oh my God. Yes. You just made the best. Jerry girlfriend. Smith. All the way. You, your wife hates you, and you just are oblivious to it. Yep. And so they end up going upstairs to this the room apparently where we see Frank in the original scene meditating, and where the chains and everything came out. But again, it's just like this old musty. Full of Almost mold. like an attic room. Yeah. It looks... I figured it out after, like, halfway through the movie. It's not moldy. It's burned. Because he was surrounded by candles when he did it, and I'm assuming... It when they killed him, the room like that, caught on could... fire, but the house didn't burn down. Got it, yeah. That makes a lot of sense right I now, actually. I should be a person investigator. I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, I'm go so for it, sure. But... SMRT. So, Julia's in there, because, again, that's where she was kind of remembering everything, trying to get away from Larry. And Larry comes in saying, hey, I can't, like, I need your help. I'm going to faint. Everything, yeah. And in this scene, we know at this point, because everybody is shown the bathroom at this point in the movie, he runs past the bathroom where he could have easily put a towel on his hand and, like, okay, we're good. But, no, he has to run up to see Julia and bleed on the floor. Yeah. Well, he was... He's, I, he was, I don't know what the word is, a hypochondriac? No, um, uh, he's got a, an aversion to blood. He, yeah. Like he, maybe like, vasovagal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the word. Yeah, so that's yeah, what like my brother you, you, you faint from the sight of blood or you throw up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I can understand that. You know, you can't really, it's like Bob's Burgers. You can't really like do oh, it yourself. Yeah. You know, you need somebody else's help to kind of do it for you. But a lot of his blood goes everywhere in that room, like on the floors and everything else. And while they're trying to get him down and out of the room to go to the hospital to go get stitches and everything, 
you start seeing the blood get soaked up by the floor. This was so cool. That was cool? The way that this whole scene played out, because this is the scene that we were talking about that made me really grossed out. The blood kind of gets absorbed into the floor, and you see it start coating. It looks almost like cobwebs, but then you're like, wait, that is a shape, and now it's moving. That's not a cobweb. His blood is like forming something under the floorboard, and then this goo starts rising out of the floor. Uh-huh. Ectoplasm. That's yeah, what I was going ectoplasm. with. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's got to be something like that. And this scene was so fucking gross. It forms a body out of this goo. And it forms arms and spine first. They pop out of the floor. And the neck bone. See, okay, no. Like, on that part, yeah. No, no, I'm going to let you keep going. But on that first part, you see, like, hands coming out of, like, the puddle. And then it like plops it down on yes. the ground, and you see it like it's pushing itself out of like that digging ectoplasm. itself out of a grave. Yes, oh, and it's just like bones. Yeah, and then the neck bone kind of wiggles, it twitches, and then there's a head attached to it, and everything is just slimy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, it kind of like bends down to pick up its its brain or reconnect its, its spinal cord to like the brain and, and the brain and cords it, and stuff i want to know how they filmed this because i feel like they did it in reverse like i was gonna yeah i really onto think... it to make it melt into the floor yes and then they kind of made it come backwards at, yeah no that's the best way that i could i would think to for them to kind of get that done yeah because this scene it, you can all you can't tell that it was done in reverse but if you're like, I wonder how, you can yeah. figure it out just from studying it a little bit more. Yeah. But it comes into, it forms a body, um, almost like a skeletal, but not mm-hmm. quite. And it's very wet and slimy. And I think that's what got me about it. Yeah. Is this was a prolonged scene of this. Like, this was a good, like, five minute. R- reconstruction? Yeah. Like, it was, it was, wow. I'm yeah. not even going to lie. This was it a was big gnarly. wow. Yeah. And so it comes out later on to that night. They're having like a dinner party with with um, some friends of Larry's and Julia's after they come back from the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when Julia's like still having like flashbacks of Frank and, he's, and she you can just tell she's not, she doesn't want to be there. And so she's like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to go ahead and turn in for the night from the party. Everyone's like, okay, bye. You know, we'll see you later. This got me because she goes around the table and she's like, mwah, mwah, yeah, kisses, kisses. And then when she leaves, like, she goes to leave the room, she just glares at Larry. Like, fuck off. Yeah, like, I really don't, I'm not going to kiss you or anything like that. Can you, you know, hold that's... in your contempt for your husband in front of company at least? <laughs> I mean, keep up appearance a little bit. Just a little, nah, she's and like, this nah, is the 80s. I'm, I'm dead. I mean, yeah, maybe she was a pioneer. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. So she goes, ends up going... For some weird reason, she ends up going back up to the attic room. We're just going to refer to it as the attic room instead of saying, like, the third floor. Okay? Yeah. Better? Frank's room. Yeah, Frank's room. We're going to go Frank's room. So she ends up going back up there to Frank's room. And, you know, again, she's kind of just remembering and whatever. And then Frank, the skeletal person, grabs her leg and he's like, you need to help me. You need to help me now. And he's so slimy. He looks burned yeah. and slimy at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. And then he tells her. Don't look at me, but I'm like, sir. But how are you expecting anything? You grabbed my ankle. Yeah. You creepy little skeleton man that you can't use your legs. Mm -hmm. Don't look at me. Yeah, don't look at me. You know, it's just really weird. But so he ends up telling her that, hey, or she ends up having another flashback of 
her having sex with Frank again, and he, she tells him, like, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to. I'll do anything for you. Just don't leave me, but kind I'm of thing. <laughs> exactly. And so he kind of, like, brings it back up when he's talking to her in the... Uh, in, in his room. Yeah, she's like... I, he's, you know, and he's like, I need... It was his blood that gave me life again. I need more blood to survive, you know, to, to do all this stuff. Larry. And she was like, okay, you know what? I said I was going to do anything for you. I will, I, I will do this. So she ends up going to this bar, this, I guess, airport bar. I also want to say this outfit that she wears... Incredible. If you aren't going to watch the movie and you're just going to listen to the podcast, just imagine the phrase bitch in the boardroom. That's what she wears. Okay. She wears like 80s power suits. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say thank you. That's a better reference than bitch in the boardroom. So she goes to this bar and she's, you know, sipping because, oh, I'm a lady who lunches. I'm just lunching. And this guy says, oh, it's not good to drink alone. And so they share a drink and she's like, Come on down. Yeah, come back to my place. Because I'm a business lady. It's butt stuff. Yeah. Um, well, they get to the house, and he starts getting real aggressive with her. And she's like, no, sir. Well, it's not even that she didn't say no. She was just like, he was like, oh, you're going to back out now? Like, you know, tease yeah. and all that stuff. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. Let's just go to uh, Frank's room. To Frank's room. And she takes him upstairs to Frank's room, and that's whenever she is kind of like, yeah, you know, hey, go ahead and take your... I've always take- wanted to do it on the floor. Yeah, I, I love doing it on the floor, you know, no bed, no nothing, and everything like that, which, sorry, no, we need a bed. We need something. Yes. Um, this is some tip for everyone who is currently single. If you go on a date, and the person you go on a date with invites you back to their home, and they say, oh, let's go to bed, and it's the floor, Leave. Yeah, just go ahead and be like, um, no thanks. Abort. Call your friend, text them, and say, call me crying. I need to get out. Yeah. Have your code word or whatever. And if you need to, hey, FaceTime our our, our Facebook page if you need to. Yeah. We'll We're be like, oh you. my god. Yeah. Yes. We got you. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the whole crying aspect. You know, oh, this happened, and this happened, and I need a ride, and, uh, you know, all uh-huh. that good stuff. But anyways, we we digress here. Um, so she takes this guy up there, and she starts, like, kind of telling him, yeah, go ahead and get, get changed, get comfortable, take and everything like that. Take your jacket off. Yeah, take your jacket off, and he starts trying to make out with her, and you can tell, like, she's, like, really trying not to, like, just touch this guy at all. And so... She ends up hitting him and beating, like breaking she, his jaw with she a, has hammer. a hammer hidden behind her. Yeah, and beats this dude to death. Not to death all the way. No, I would say to death because she hit him in the head, and then she hit him in the face twice. Covered because whenever in blood, he, yeah, because whenever he fell down, his jaw was dislocated. Did you see it? He was missing a bunch of teeth. Yeah, too. and he was already missing teeth. And that's when Frank, like, kind of like gimp walks. Or gimp crawls. Yeah, army crawls almost. Yeah, pretty much. And he's like. Get out of here. You don't need to see this and stuff. And you just hear like gurgling and like, like sucking and stuff. And the camera kind of pans to her side where it's looking back in the room. Because she steps out of the room and she just steps out right around the corner where she's like, no, I can't hear this kind of thing. I loved this scene. And I think it was really cool that she – it shows her kind of from the back. Yeah. Stay, and you can just see between like her legs and her feet and then you see the body behind her. And I thought it was yeah. really – 
well done. I thought it was really cool yeah, looking. I mean, that was a really cool shot. Yeah, angle. Uh, yeah, yeah. An angle aspect of it. Yeah, it was really neat. But yeah, you start hearing hearing more of like the gurgling and stuff. And when she goes back in the room to go check on Frank, he's like, "My, uh, I can I can touch again. Like I can feel." And you start finding out that his all of his body is starting to come back, like his nerve endings, his pain, Have his you, tolerance, I, everything. You ever seen the body exhibit? I heard of the body exhibit. I've, I've heard of the body exhibit. I mean, I've never gone. But you know what they look like? Yeah. That's what he reminds me of. Like okay. a wet. Like if somebody yeah. took one of those bodies and dipped it in gelatin and then pulled it out, that's exactly what he's like. That's his consistency. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. And then. He was like, he's telling Julia too that yeah, you know, I just need one more body, maybe two. I mean, maybe three or four. Let's just let's just go ahead and make this a whole a whole weekend. See, the math on this is kind of off for me uh-huh. because I'd say a cup of blood at most from Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> wow! <laughs> from, wow! Larry from Larry at the beginning of the movie got him that far. You think you would only need like one and a half bodies, or is it like a DNA thing? I think it's a DNA thing. I think it's like a bloodline thing, you know, since he's connected to him. Uh, he, he gets has more a, power he has out the, of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was a bigger connection. Okay. Um, so from there, we start finding out that Julia is telling Larry that oh, I just don't feel good, and I need to stay home, and I need to do all this stuff, and he tells Christy. This and Chrissy's like, mm, that's really weird. You know, I'll, I'll go check on her. You know, maybe she just needs some like girl time. You know, and I'll be nice and we'll we'll go shopping or whatever. And by this time, Julia has already taken two, another guy. This is her second the, guy. Uh, yeah. Um, well, she took another guy beforehand, killed him. Uh, Frank gurgled his soul essence, body essence, I guess we'll, we'll call it that. Uh, into his body because he's like, oh, I can taste now and I can do all this stuff because he ends up having oh, yeah. a, sm- a cigarette. And then that's when he puts his fingers in her mouth. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Really gross scene. But the third guy that goes, Christy ends up kind of seeing um, Julia take this other guy into the house and she's like, what the fuck's going on? What, what's happening? So I she goes Julia to the was she goes to the front door and the front door's locked. You know, so she's like, okay, this is weird. So she ends up going around the house, going through the back door, going through the kitchen, and kind of going in there and hearing, like, footsteps going upstairs. So she follows them upstairs. Julia also hears, like, the back door opening and, you know, hears the footsteps. So she's like, okay, we need to speed this up. So she goes in there with the guy and immediately just starts, like, going, start, she goes ham Yeah, on. she starts, like, beating him up and, you know, starts pretty much killing him. And so Frank... Um, helps out and he's like i don't want to die i don't want to die and this is one of the scenes that you actually finally get to see how frank's doing it so he like pour, puts his fingers into the skin almost like he absorbs them yeah, through their skin exactly. he like punctures them and then sucks, and then, like, all, their sucks all their essence out yeah and so you can start seeing the color and the mummification i guess happen on the people well chris christy is going up the stairs and Julia hears her, and so she hides in one of the other rooms, and she's like, I'm not going to be a part of this, you know, I'm not going to be aware of, of what's going on. And Christy kind of goes into Frank's room, and she, or no, right before she goes into Frank's room, the guy pops out, and he's like, help me, save me, you know, like, I need your help, and like, reaches out for her, and she tries to grab him, but that's when Frank comes out, grabs him, finishes killing him off, and then comes out, and he's like, 
Christy, you're getting so big. You're it's so me, beautiful. Frank. You're so beautiful. Come to daddy. Gross. Kind of thing. That one was, I was like, what? Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Come to Unky. Ew, Ew. that's even worse. <laughs> Ugh, that's bad. And I hate it. Yeah. And then so from there, she's trying to kind of get away, and Frank is actually actively trying to go after her. Because, you know, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I don't even think he was, like, trying to stall her or anything. I mean, he wanted to kill her. Yeah, he was definitely going to eat her. Easy, easy. So she's going around, and, like, she's picking up stuff to try to, like, fight him off and everything. And she finds the puzzle box. Okay? She finds the puzzle box, and she picks it up. And when she picks it up, there's a connection between her and the puzzle box now. Yes, you see, like this lightning and this energy that kind of transfers. And I think this is where he this is where he explains it to her, isn't it? No. Um, well, he explained it to Julia a little bit because Julia was like, "I need an explanation. I need you to tell me what the hell's going on." And he said that he found this puzzle box in Morocco, and he was trying to. Well, y- yes and no. After she throws it out the window, um, and to get away, uh-huh. and Frank's like, "No," and that's when. Uh, Julia was like, you need to tell me everything else. There you go. Yeah, okay. you need to tell me what's going on. And so Frank goes into more detail about the box, and he says that the box is like a gateway. It's designed to open up both... The utmost pleasure and the, the utmost, utmost pain. pleasure and the utmost pain of whatever door that you can open and stuff. And people said that it's a gateway to hell or to heaven, and when Angels he got it... demons. Well, we don't find that part out until we talk to the main character, okay. or the other main character. But... He, but from his perspective, he's like, I didn't even care which door I opened. I just wanted to feel the utmost of everything, you know. So he already had intentions of not giving a fuck. Yeah, he wanted to. He didn't care if he was gonna die or anything like that, you know, because he was like, I'm a big bad. At least that's what I kind of got from it. And so he was saying that he escaped these cinnabites because that's the first time that you're actually told of what these creatures are. They're called cinnabites. Yes. Okay, and that's the only reference in the movie. There's no other names for any of the other character, any of the other creatures. Yeah, they're just called the Cinnabites. All the other, na- all the names come from fans, don't yes. they? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so he's telling her, he's telling Julia that we need to get the box back. She's gonna, you know, uh, we need to stop her and stuff like that. And Julia is like, yeah, she's probably gonna tell Frank and everything like that. And Larry's like, Frank's gonna be home soon. Let's get ahead of this. And so it kind of pans off to to Christy running down the street with the box, and she passes out. Yeah, she straight up looks like she's on drugs. She's running down the street, and she kind of collapses, and these people come up. Hey, are you okay? And she, uh, she passes out because yeah. drama. I mean, yeah, big, uh, you know, you just saw a, a dead body come to life come to life and eating another person while your stepmom is trying to help murder you this actress that actress did a really good job of playing the evil stepmother by the way yeah she did she had the look and everything she had lots of top of the stairs looking down her nose at people yeah that was a sign of being an evil stepmother and i think christy did a really great job in this movie too like the actress that played kirsty was amazing right she did did, did awesome she did an awesome awesome job so kirsty wakes up in the hospital and she's like, "What? where am I? How did I get here? And the nurse says, I'll be back. I'm going to go get the doctor. And the doctor comes in with the puzzle box and says... You were holding on to this for dear life. Explain this. Yeah. What is this? And she says, I don't remember. I don't know. And he says, well, 
you can have a phone call and call your dad when you tell me what this is and leaves the room. And she tries to follow up behind him and the door's locked because mm-hmm. she's probably in a psych ward. And she goes back to the the bed, sees the puzzle box, and she touches it again and realizes, that oh, there's a connection. And she starts fiddling with it and winds up she opens up opening it. Yeah, she ends up finding a way to open up the box and creating a door to whatever place she's going through. This creature was freaking gnarly. It was like some kind of baby scorpion hybrid. Yeah. Wall crawler thing. Because you notice that its feet didn't touch yeah. the ground. It was crawling on the walls uh-huh. only. Uh, she walks down this hallway and meets this creature that runs at her. And she manages to escape by running back into the hospital room as the door slams behind her. Yep. And then the room she's in starts to, to light up. And it looks really cool because you start seeing all this fog that starts coming in. And you're like, where the hell is it coming from? But you start seeing all of the lights like come through the seeps and cracks in the walls and the floor and everything. And then her IV bag gets filled with blood and explodes. Yep. The light fixtures explode. And then we get to see them. We're introduced finally. We are introduced finally to uh, what fans know as Pinhead. Pinhead and the rest of the Cenobites. Pinhead, female Cenobite, because nobody ever gave her a name. Uh, Chatterer, which is the one with the teeth. Oh, really? The, he, they Okay, they actually yeah. do have names? You looked them up? Uh, yes, and I cannot remember the third one's name off the top of my head right I now. I have no idea. The fat one. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, he looks like the vampire from Blade that they... They burn in the... With yeah. the, the flashlight? Yeah. yeah. Um... And the Cenobites are like, you opened the box. You called for us. We're mm-hmm. here for you. And she's like, no, it was an accident. Yeah. And then she realizes, oh, wait, Cenobites. Well, yes. Yeah. She kind of, she makes that realization. But beforehand, she's asking, she's asking the really, honestly, the great, the, the right questions. Who are you? Where did you come from? What do you want? You know, kind of thing. Kind of mildly keeping her cool. Yeah, she didn't really keep you her know? cool. This is where we get the like, line where they're like, "We some people call us angels, yeah, some people call because us demons. They are actually um, travelers. They're interdine- interdimensional travelers, and that's what the box is. The box is a, is a door for people to call them. And so they're like, yeah, you know, we're, we, uh, we travel a lot, and whoever calls us, we pretty much will show you the pleasures and pain of, of our the pleasures that we have found and stuff and what we enjoy and everything else. Some people call us demons. Some people call us uh, angels. But overall, we are just travelers. Interesting. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. And this is where she starts kind of formulating a plot. And she thinks, okay, they want me. What about Frank? Because Frank was scared of them finding out. And she says, hey... If you let me go, I'll take you to Frank Cotton. Mm-hmm. And this is he's where... escaped you. And the Cinnabites are like, no, nobody's escaped us. Nobody ever escapes us. And she's like, yeah, he has. Yeah. He's reformed in the house. He's gross. And the female Cenobite says, maybe we prefer you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, I don't think so. Not today. Don't do that. No. Don't prefer me. No. No, I'm I'm full of nothing. Yeah, yeah. no. Real good. gamey, real yeah. gamey. <laughs> and she escapes the hospital. Uh, they they take her. I I they didn't say how she got out of the hospital, but I'm assuming the Cenobites let her out. Yes, somehow. Yeah. And we go back to the house mm-hmm. where now Larry and Julia are watching a boxing match, mm-hmm. and 
Well, no, that was another scene. That was a scene earlier. Was it? Yeah, that, that was just one of those cutscenes where he was like, "Oh, I know you don't like this," and she's like, "No, nope, but I've seen worse things." Because yeah. she already killed two people. Yeah. On that scene, and that's when they were just kind of there. The scene that you're talking about now is Frank is like, "I just need one more body. I just need one, one more body, and we'll leave. That's all it is." And she's like, "I don't know what to do. Like, there's not enough time. Larry's gonna be home soon." And Frank's like, "Yeah, Larry is gonna be home soon." So Julia is waiting for Frank or for Larry on the stairs, and when Larry comes into the house, she automatically like turns on the lights, and he's like, "Oh, hi, what's going on? Like, it's great to see you. You know, how was your day?" And she's like, "Oh, it's great. I have something to show you upstairs," and takes him upstairs to Frank's room. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got those two scenes confused because yeah. they both happened like the same time of day. Yeah, kind of thing. And so at that, we see Christy running, getting to the house. And no, actually, before that, we see uh, Julia in her bedroom. Sorry, spooky fans, I had a I had a brain fart. We see Julia in her in her bedroom, kind of like smoking a cigarette, just there by the, the window. And then you see Larry start walking in and kind of caress her face, and, and she gets weird, blood on her face. And she has blood all over her face. Yeah, and then they start fucking, mm-hmm. like hardcore. They start going. At it. At it ham. So, at this point now, that's whenever uh, Julia shows... Or not Julia. Kirsty. <laughs> Kirsty shows up. Um, and she's like pounding on the door, everything like that. And Julia opens in. She's like, what's wrong? What's going Full on? evil stepmother. Uh-huh. Just looks down her nose. What do you want? Yes. I want to see my daddy. And she lets her in. Yeah. And she runs upstairs to the bedroom and she sees... She sees Larry. She sees Larry. What 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 we perceive to be Larry. Until he turns around and he has like goo? Yeah, I'm sorry. How did you not notice that? Around his hairline. And one of his ears was like lopped off at the top? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. How did you not notice that? Get it together. Yeah. But they're telling her that, oh yeah, no, Julia told me everything. She showed me Frank upstairs and I had to kill him. I put him out of his misery. I'm going to go see I'm going to tell the police tomorrow. And she's like, I want to see the body. I want to see the body. You're lying to me. I need to see the body. And he was like, okay, fine. Go look at the body. But I'm telling you, your Uncle Frank is dead. You know? And he slowly keeps calling her, like, baby and beautiful and odd stuff, which is a little weird. Yeah. Um, so... Julia takes her upstairs to, to Frank's room and shows her the body. And she's like, oh, my God, uh, this is it was over kind of thing. And that's when the Cenobites appear again. And they were like, they point to the body and they were like, whoever did this, you need to bring them to us yeah, right we want now. Whoever did this. Yeah. And she thinks it's her dad because, again, her dad just said, I killed him because I didn't want him in his minute. You know, I didn't want him here and all that stuff. And so she's like, no, you can't have him. This is not fair and all that stuff. And she tries to get the dad out of the house. Well, at this time, he kind of is like, no, it's fine. We're okay. We're okay. It's okay. Come to daddy. And she's like, what? No. Hard hard stop. Only Uncle Frank says that. You're Uncle Frank. You're not my dad. And so she scratches him, and it's legitimately like a layer of clay comes off of his face. Yeah. So thick and everything. And then, oh, it was so gross. He was wearing him like a Larry trench coat. Exactly. Oh. So Julia grabs... Uh, Christy and 
Frank, as now in Larry's meat suit, pulls out his switchblade and is going to stab her right there. And you're like, oh my god, this is can't like this can't end for her this way, right? Yeah, she's got to make it through. Yeah, she's Somebody's got to survive. So, yeah, who's going to be the final girl? Is there a final girl in this movie? Well, um, she ends up like dodging out of the way. Yeah, and dodging out of the way right whenever he's about to lunge at her, and he stabs Julia. Yeah, in the stomach. Take that. And you know, and there's no sign of remorse either. No, he immediately absorbs her. No, he was her. just like, hey, sorry. It's not personal. And, like, just starts eating her, you know, kind of thing. And you see it right then and there. Like, you just start seeing all the color get taken out of her face. You she start seeing gray. her get, like, mummified. It's Oh, it's crazy. So, from there, Kirstie is uh, starting to hide in throughout the house, you know, trying to make sure that Uncle Frank can't find her. And we start to find the other bodies. Oh, the maggots pour out of that one guy all oh, over her. So crazy. I'm surprised nobody said anything about the smell. Right? Well, they did say the house smelled musty when they moved in. So maybe... No, there's dead body smell and then there's musty house smell. We're talking about Larry. <laughs> Sorry, some uh, uh, Jerry scenes popped in my head exactly we're talking about larry who didn't know that his brother was boning his wife yeah i mean there's i don't know um but so finally uh frank and kirstie kind of like meet up uh with each other again and he has like the the knife and they end up going into frank's room like she leads him back into into the room she's running from him but she she sneaks in there she uh she Kind of gets close to the body, which now she knows is her dad. And she was like, you bastard, you know, you killed my father and stuff like that. And he was like, or he said, your father was already dead, you know. Long before this Long before I, long this happened. And I should know I'm his brother Frank and everything else. And pretty much gives his own self-confession, which was great. Because, you know, she was, she didn't really even have to do that much. She was like, okay, cool. And that's when the rest of the Cenobites show up. And they were like, you. I love the way they like reintroduced themselves. We had to hear it from your lips, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Female Cenobite for the win. Yeah. And that's whenever the room started to change again. You start seeing the pillars wrapped around in barbed wire with hooks and blood and everything on there. And again, it is one of those like pleasure pain pit kind of things. Yeah, the, the, the hooks shoot out and they get Frank... But not so much that he can't move, mm-hmm. and he's still trying to get at Kirsty, and he attempts to stab her, and one hooks through his hand and pulls him back. Mm-hmm. And as he's pulled back, I don't remember what he said. I didn't write it down. Um, like only God can, uh, yeah, only like oh, Jesus. he says Jesus wept, and then yeah. he gets ripped apart by yeah. the hooks. Exactly. And sh- Kirsty's like, I'm out. I'm out. Peace, deuce, and you know. Which is really weird too, because okay, the the person or the pinhead, pretty much the fan people name pinhead, uh, he even said you need to leave. This isn't for your eyes, then. Yeah, you know, because you 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 finished out your end of the deal, kind of thing. But so she leaves after you know seeing him explode. And she starts to try to go down the stairs, and we see the female Cenobite with her hooks and stuff like that. Her her little claw thing was cool. I liked her design a lot more yeah. than everybody else's. Really? Her design was really cool. Yeah, her design was really, really cool. And she's like kind of following up, and she's like, oh, we're not done with you yet, you know? When Kirstie says, well, I held up my end of the deal, let me go. No, 
we don't care. You open the box, you have to go into the box. Yes, you did it. So from there, she goes into one of the other rooms. We find Julia again, but this time she's not dead on the on the staircase. She's, she's ripped open she's and, ripped holding, open the puzzle and box. holding the puzzle box. Yeah, with chains and everything else. And so Kirsty gets the puzzle box and she's like trying to finagle it and everything else. And that's when Pinhead looks or is behind her and he was like, oh, the joys we will show you. The pleasure you will have. And she was like, no. I'm good. I'm, I'm, no. Like, no. Almond Joy I'm interested in is an Almond Joy. Thank you. <laughs> and those aren't that good either. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts messing with the puzzle box again and she finds out how to close it. Yeah, how to reopen slash close it. Yeah. And slowly the, she kind of closes it in order. She takes out. Female Cenobite, and then... No, she took out Pinhead first. Pinhead. And then Female and Cenobite. And then Female Cenobite, and then as she's running, uh, the Chatterer gets her, and she managed to get him before he can get her. Mm-hmm. And as she's running some more, the fat one appears out of nowhere, but the house collapses and knocks him out. Right. Because there's also the love interest of Christy... I don't there? think we ever got a name for it. No, him. we never got a name for it. They just met at the party, and they started talking more and stuff I like that. I want to say Mike. Sure, we'll go with Mike. He seems like a Mike. Yeah, he sounds like a Mike guy. Oh. And so Mike gets there, too. He goes through, again, he goes through the kitchen. And the fat Cenobite was, yeah, was about to stab him when the ceiling caved Co- in Caved in and saved yeah. both of them. They try to make it out the front door, and it's just a black tunnel. And as Mike tries to run out. Well, no, but, okay. Go ahead, keep going. Mike tries to it. run out, and the wall crawler creature appears and tries to attack them. And the box, the puzzle box kind of twists open a little bit more. And he is fighting off the monster while Kirsty's trying to fight the hands yeah, and get, and get it the puzzle box to get it closed. And this fight scene, he hits it in the head and they finally get it closed and it screams and folds into itself and turns yellow and poof, disappears. Yep. And they're able to escape the house. Yeah. And then from there, well, what I was going to say on that part was... Did you notice that the box opened itself up? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because that's actually what happened. She saw that it turned a certain, a different way and another door opened, and that was the door that had that weird wall creature inside. Yeah, it was the diamond shape. Yeah, instead of the... Or pyramid shape. The sun shape yeah. for, for the other ones. But yeah, so that that was actually... I wanted to know if you, if you saw that or not, because the mm-hmm. box opened and turned itself open. Yeah, that's why they yeah. were fighting so hard about it, because she saw it open and she was like, oh shit. Well, and no, 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 even before that. Oh. That's how it appeared. I yeah. You didn't see I mean, that? Okay, no. yeah. Because after she went to go hug him, uh, after the the ceiling came did on on the fat Cenobite, she went to go hug him, and they were like, "We need to leave." And right when when he said we need to leave, she felt the box rumble, and she looked at the box, and the box like shook, and then a whole big piece of the corner turned, and then she was like, "No, no, 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 no! I, I remember this." And as soon as the guy opened the door. That's when that hugger, yeah, the wall creature. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah. And so after that, we see see pretty much the house still collapsing and going up on fire and everything like that. And they cut to, I guess, okay, this was a part that I was a little confused on. Are they in an empty uh, field, like a construction place that just had like hobo fires? Or was it the house? There was one singular chair on fire. And then a bonfire. Exactly. And, like, several bonfires. Yeah, like that said, was... That, it looked like, they looked like trash fires. You yeah, know? like, are they at a dump? It, they yeah. didn't really explain exactly. where they, they were. Exactly, they didn't explain it. 
But she has the puzzle box and she throws it in the fire. And she's and again we're like, okay, cool, the, the movie's the movie's done. But know? then we see a recurring character that we didn't touch base on. We didn't touch because I was it's actually best to probably just explain him here. There's this hobo guy or this homeless person or whatever that is pretty much been following Chrissy since the beginning part of the movie and he looks he looks rough like he he's it's one of those really weird creepy ones that's like I don't know he's like super buff and strong but his eye it's the eyes yeah he has very large like wide eyes yeah and he goes to the fire and pulls the puzzle box out but catching himself on fire revealing his true nature he is like this bone demon bat, demon bat thing and they see him fly away with the puzzle box and they were like uh what the fuck just happened pretty much and it cuts back to morocco now with that same dealer having the puzzle box again and selling it to another guy and he says what's your pleasure yeah and what's your pleasure and that's when the movie ends credits exactly so what did you think of the movie i really liked it a lot you did um I, are we doing our ratings right now? I, I would say yeah, before we go over some other other little snippets of the movie. I'm giving this one a four. A four? Chopped up camp counselors. Yeah, I would do the same. I, I say four chopped up camp, camp counselors. That's like, that's always We need so to twist hard. that. We need to change that, I think. Yeah. Four chopped up bodies? Give it four victims. Four victims. Okay, cool. I'm down for victims. Yeah, okay. I would say, uh, yeah, okay. New rating system, spooky fans. We're going victims now. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I would say four victims. Four victims? Yeah. yeah, most definitely. I want to watch the rest of them because I've actually never seen the full Hellraiser saga. Me either. Like, I've, I've watched the first one and I've watched parts of the second one. And the only reason why I've watched parts of the second one is because it has a lot of the same actors from the first one. Really? Yeah. I know, I think four or five, they, um, Pinhead Have creates his own Cenobites and I've heard they're yeah. kind of lame designs. That's what I've heard too. Well, because I think in one of the movies they end up killing the other Cenobites for other, like some other... like sacrificing them or something. Yeah. No, like they actually didn't trap them back, but the the protagonist in the movie actually killed them. Oh, like, interesting. I know in the second one the fat one's not in there anymore because again he died. Yeah, he died in the first one. Yes, you know because but I think the other ones do because come the back. other ones yeah because the other ones she sent back in the box. Okay. The the fat one, she didn't do anything with the box. The he just died because everything fell on him. Yeah. You know, so they have to get a, a another know, they, person in the roster. Yeah. Um, but no, what I was gonna say was some of the other like snippets about the movie was um Clint Barkin, I believe his name is. Let me hang on, hang on, five seconds. Five seconds. Um no, okay, not Barkin. <laughs> Doug Bradley. I was way off. Yeah, way off. Way off. No, Doug Bradley played Pinhead. Okay, that, that was mm-hmm. the character, okay? He actually didn't want the role. First. Really? He didn't want the role because of the fact that the way that he was dressed, the way that he looked and the makeup and stuff like that, he was like, no, this is one of his first like starring roles. He was like, I want people to see my actual face and stuff like that. Lo and behold, this... This movie and everything would make him uh, more well known because he does a lot of of character acting like that. I think there's he? only been one other pinhead other than him. He's, yeah, he's like he's uh, played pinhead he's, in all of them. Yeah, but he's also played other in other movies, right? I, I think feel so. like I know his name is is somebody who's a known more well known creature for, actor. Yeah, for creature acting and stuff like that. But yeah, but um, and also 
the other Cenobites said the same thing. They were all backing him too, that they were saying, no, we want all of our designs to be different. We don't want, we don't want to look like that because nobody's going to know who we are. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was actually really, really cool. And also Bradley hates the character named Pinhead. I mean, you're Pinhead, bro. I don't yeah. know what else to tell you. Yeah. No, I mean, that was just one of those things. But again, he it was a fan-made name, and it's just one of those nicknames that you're like, God, I hate my nickname. I mean, what else would you call sticks. him, though? I don't know. Um, some people called him the priest because the he priest. was he Ooh. was a person of pleasure and pain, and he was the one that was supposed to show you because he was like the head honcho person. Interesting. Uh-huh. Especially since they took this a lot of their movies in a religious aspect. The priest, the yeah. nun, the friar. And the bishop. Wait, is it? No. I, I was going to call the chatterer uh, the altar boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or the choir. That maybe, yeah. I mean, but it, this movie does have a lot of um, religious references to it. Interesting. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, but I think that's all I... That's all I've got. I, I, I really technically have on that. I did notice, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the first part where we see the wall crawler, mm-hmm. you could actually see the person controlling it behind it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, you could see uh, their legs running behind it because the light shifted just uh-huh. so much that you could see their feet. Oh, see, I think that's always cool. I think that's really neat when you catch like little things like that. But yeah. Do you have any other uh, information or anything like that, that you wanted to kind of go over? Mm-mm. No? Okay, cool. Well, uh, Spooky Fans, that was the end of that of that movie. Uh, let us know what you think about it on Facebook or send us, uh, you know, a message oh, yeah. or anything like Rate, that. You review, know? subscribe. Yeah, exactly. Send us a message. I have a movie that I think y'all will like too next week for it. Well, actually, I have two movies. Actually, no, three movies that I've kind of been wanting to cover. And we've talked about it before. So I would actually love your poll. Like I'm going to, for everybody hearing this, go to our Facebook page. We're going to make a poll. And I'm going to tell you the movies of that I want to watch, and I want to see what you guys what you guys want us to talk about. Awesome. So the movies that I wanted to, I wanted to cover was Prom Night, Poltergeist, or one that was actually recommended to me, um, Event Horizon. <gasps> oh boy, so, I'm going to watch that movie. Spooky fans, the power's in your hands. Let us know. We'll go ahead and make a post about it um, tomorrow too, uh, so you guys can go ahead and start getting those. Uh, Getting those, those votes and those requests in. Because, yeah, I would love to hear from you guys. You know, let us know what, what you guys think. But other than that, I don't think I have any other any other references. Nothing nope. else for you? Nothing else for me. Cool. Well, then, on that case, spooky fans, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And stay, stay spooky. spooky.